0: So I currently work at Trinity Lutheran Church in Tyler, Texas. I've been doing ministry from children to youth and young adult for 17 years, um, and now I'm doing children and family. So have the gamut of that. Um, so here's here's my life in a nutshell. I call myself a Texas Cali girl because born and raised in Texas, grew up at Fort Worth in uh, St. Paul in Fort Worth, um, and then God's really funny and says, hey, you're going to go to Concordia, Irvine. Yeah, right? And I was like, heck yeah, 20 minutes from the beach, yeah. Mom and dad get to pee. Okay, so I went there, was there for four years, um, and then God called me back to Texas and served at two churches in Texas, one of which was St. Paul in Fort Worth, got to do that for a couple of years. And then God's funnier even more... <laughs> And calls me back, but this time to Northern California. And I served at two churches in Northern California. The first one was Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Healdsburg, Um, 12,000 people. And I was like, what? Like, that's like a blink town in Texas. Like, what are we talking about here? Um, Really weird people knew who I was before I ever met them. They're like, oh, yeah, 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 you're the new Laura girl in town. Wow. Okay. So, um, but that church um, really took a leap of faith. They were a small church of 100 people and said, we want to call a full-time DCE. Um, I started with one kid in high school ministry. Matt and I hung out every week. It was awesome. I don't know if he agreed, Um, but I had his undivided attention. Matthew then brought a friend, and then Kayla went through confirmation, and Kayla brought the neighborhood. So we grew. Um, but it was just really neat. Um, so if you are a small church, let me tell you, just celebrate those kids when they come every time. So, um, just keep doing that kind of stuff with them. Um, then God called me to serve at Prince of Peace in Fremont, California. Um, huge area. There are more languages spoken in Fremont than any other place in the United States. Um, so it was very much, um, multi-ethnical And we had five services. Two were in English, three were in another language. So, really awesome um, opportunity to be there. And then, God is really funny. And he called me back to Texas. And now I'm in East Texas, and uh, very different than Fort Worth. There's a lot of white people in East Texas. like a lot um and uh so it was a culture shock because i for 10 years i'd been in the bay area and saw all this stuff and now i'm like wow lots of people who look like me um but it's good it's great um this is my baby charlie rose um when i moved back to texas i had a 14 year old lab that i had to end up putting down since i moved back to texas and it's a little weird to name your second dog rosie number two Although in East Texas, that might be okay. Um, so I always wanted to name a dog Charlie because I could say Charlie, you know, from all go to heaven. So this is Charlie Rose. Um, she's just one. So lots of fun. So that's me, nutshell. Um, God is good in that. Um, I want to tell you guys, thank you for being here. Thank you for showing up with your kids. Thank you for investing in them thank you for loving on them. It makes a difference and it matters when you show up, even if they don't, that you show up. Um, So just keep doing that. So thank you. Thank you for being who you guys are in your church. Um, We cannot do that without you. So thank you. Um, Let's pray. God, we are exhausted and need uh, just your... Peace and probably patience at this point. And um, just be with us as we continue to learn and grow and love on youth. Um, Continue to bless us as we're here. And God, may we be just different people from gathering together. Um, We ask this in your name. Amen. Um, One of the first things that I do um, is I look for a scope in sequence, Um, because I think it's very important that we are intentional about how we want our kids to grow in their faith, okay? So scope and sequence. How many of you guys have multiple things during the week? Like you have something midweek and then you have something Sunday morning, right? Okay, how many of you guys just have Sunday morning? That's awesome, okay? All right, when you have multiple things, it's important that you know the difference between the purpose and your audience. So a Sunday morning, you're going to have a different crowd of kids than you would midweek. So what you pick for that matters. You don't want to double dip and have it be the same thing from Sunday to Wednesday. Make sense? Okay. Now, I beg, borrow, and steal scope and sequences because I'm just not that smart. Um, So I use a lot of different companies to help me process okay, here's what I want for my kids to to learn. So it gives me a plan. This is is, uh, Group's um, live curriculum. This is their scope and sequence. Um, Group has several different curriculums that you can look at for middle school and high school. Um, If you are like, I don't want to write my own scope and sequence, beg, borrow, and steal from one of them or use their curriculum. They have it all laid out. Um, And it's from a variety of, like, hardback stuff that you get in the mail to um, the online stuff that you can just download, which was game changer. Just saying. That's so much better. Um, But you see how they break up their years. So here's the big picture stuff in year one is understanding who I am. So it's all about identity. And then they break that stuff up of, like, what does that look like if we're talking about topic stuff? Okay, And this is for high school so it's obviously, hopefully your high school kids are only there for four years. Some stay longer. Um, But uh, so that's one. CPH has two different ones as well. So um, they have a flexible option um, with a quarterly and then a chronological quarterly. So you can look at those as well. Um, This is the one I use. with our children and early childhood kids is Think Orange, um, and but this is the scope and sequence for their high school. Um, but they break it up with so quarterly first, and then it starts with a topic, the relationship, the core theological insight, and then my favorite, the response. Right, because I don't know about you guys, but I want my kids to be different and act different after they leave. And there's something of a call to action because the Holy Spirit's moving, that their lives should look different. Okay, so I like how that's set up. So that's the first thing I do. This is why it's important. It gives you a plan as you begin to look for studies that you can use and begin to adapt for your group. I have never used a curriculum at face value. I always supplement things in because every church and every group has a different DNA. So you gotta know your kids, okay? And we'll get into to this of writing Bible studies, right? So once you like have this plan of where you wanna go, how am I gonna write this stuff down? Um, First thing, here's a sample outline that I kind of used to get started, and it's called a, a hook, book, and took. Um, the hook is, like, what is, what are you going to do to get their attention? This is the priming of the pump to get their brain to start thinking of something. Not the stuff at home, Right. Maybe it is the stuff at home that you want to tackle that day. But so what is going to get their attention? Use a video, a song, a teaching game. If you're a really great storyteller, like the other um, DCE that does our youth ministry at the church right now, he's a great storyteller. Half the time, I kind of look at him and go, is this a big fish story? Because I don't know if this is completely true. (laughs) Like there is no way, and then I'm like, but I don't want to know. Like I really, I I don't, I don't want to know if this is true or not. Okay, um, here's the other caveat: when you're teaching, make stuff up. Like if you know, like your friend dealt with this, say it was you. Or if it was you, say it was your friend. Depending on what it is, okay. But use that. Make it a personal thing. Kids gravitate to that right away. Okay. Um, the book is, um, what does the Bible say about the topic? And this means you are getting youth into the word of God. Um, if you're looking at scripture, if you're talking about a topic, anything and everything, another sun is in scripture that we can talk about. So it's there. Um, this will take the longest part of your study. Okay. And then the took, what is the application? How are you going to make the, make, going, how are you going to make the main idea stick? So it's what you want them leaving knowing. My thing every time with my youth was I always ended, there's nothing that you could ever do that would ever stop God from loving you. It didn't matter what we talked about, but I wanted them to always leave knowing that you cannot screw up so bad this week that God's not going to love you. Because that's huge, right? So the other thing in writing for your own personal stuff, one, you need to read and study the text or topic. Do your research. Find out what they're learning and make sure you know it. So during certain topics, um, so in the Bay Area, sexual identity was a huge thing, right? And the identity crisis of what that is. I've never experienced that for myself, to the degree that they are, right? So I had to do research to understand the difference between homosexuality and sexual identity because it's different, okay? So I read a lot in that and I cried a lot, right? So, that, so read and study the text or topic, pull out, this is great with our Lutheran stuff, what's the law and what's the gospel? Right, I always ended with, there's nothing you could ever do that you would screw up so bad that God wouldn't love you. Simple gospel stuff, right? You're gonna mess up this week, but God's gonna love you regardless. That's not gonna change. So that they know what the law is in that so they can fully understand what the gospel is for them. Um, And then write down your own questions that come to your head, or as you read, or things that you take out of it. What is something, oh man, this was a good truth, or, yeah, this word really spoke to me. And then write that down so you have that personal connectedness when you teach. Make sense so far? Everybody with me? Okay. Next thing I always kind of look at is the learning objectives and the learning styles. Okay, so learning objectives keep you on target. This is why your scope and sequence is important because they'll kind of give you like where we're trying to go and are you hitting that target with it? And then the learning styles, okay? um, So learning objectives, what do you want the youth to walk away with? What's the nugget of truth that you want them to be able to easily repeat back to you? And then keep the learning objective to a maximum of three points. If your kid walks out with one, celebrate that one, right? Because every kid's in a different place. And so if they take away something, I'm like, yes, we made progress. And then it might be two steps back the next week, but that's okay. I'm gonna take the one, okay? Um, So then the learning styles, right? So there's visual, auditory, and hooked on phonics did not work for me, so somebody else say that word for me. Thank you. Um, So it's the hands-on stuff, right? Um, Know your learning style. Because that's how you're going to teach. I learned some great things, and this is even important as you think about the difference between an introvert and an extrovert. I am so an extrovert. Surprise. Um, And uh, so, but my learning style Is auditory like I man sitting in a lecture thing I'm like gold I don't have to take notes I just remember it things stick in my head I got it and then if you put visuals on top of it oh I photographic memory recall that picture oh yeah this is what we talked about okay that's mine and so I gravitate towards those things sometimes so I have to remember, oh, I need hands-on things for my kids to do so that it sticks, right? So I always have to, I intentionally have to add those things in because I wouldn't normally do that. Make sense, right? Okay, now the difference between your introverts and your extroverts matters too and how you teach. And I was really taught differently. <laughs> it was like, when I learned this and I'll get to that in a sec so you can see what that is. Um, so as we look at the hook book took here's some more things to kind of think through so we want to look at the exploring the issue or bible story so really the attention grabber what are you going to do right like how are you going to prime that pump ways to get them engaged so video sources i use because i'm a firm believer that we don't steal off of youtube we pay for creative rights of people so worship house media i use them a lot They have videos that you can buy for $5, $3. They have series that go for 15, um, all kinds of stuff. And they have mini series of stuff. They have um, like Igniter kind of prime pump to get the topic started. Um, They have PowerPoint games you could do. There's songs that you can download to have for worship time. So anything, so that's one of them. Igniter Media is another one I use for stuff. Um, and I am not opposed to using movie clips either. Please watch it before you show it. Uh, Worship House Media. And they have one for kids. So if you also do children's ministry, okay, like they have one for children and then they have one for the youth worker. And then it's like general church kind of stuff. So great stuff to use in that um, Beg, borrow, and steal stories. Make it up if you have to. (laughs) Like literally make it up. Okay. Um, So then after you've primed the pump, you want to encounter God's story. And this is where we're getting kids in the word of God. They are bombarded with information from all over and they have no idea what God's word really says. So I feel it's very important that they are actually looking in there And here's why, every time we talk about the upper story, God had a plan from day one, what he was gonna do. And he knew why he wanted to do it. That's his plan for the redemption of humans. Then there's this lower story because we have a real present God who did real things through real people so that they would know who he was. It's not made up stories. It's not Harry Potter, King David really lived. And here's what his life looked like, right? So really knowing that. Here's the example. This is when introverts and extroverts, mind blown, right? Um, it's a 5 five ten. This is what I call it. Um, so five minutes, you send them off alone, away from people. And you have them read over and over and over again if there's like a certain passage. Like this week, I'd have them read Psalm 46, over and over and over again for five minutes. Then the next five minutes they would journal, they would highlight, they would write down questions, um, they would pull out any of their nuggets or thoughts that they got from that text um, and questions. Then after that five minutes is up, we gather together for 10 minutes and we discuss what they brought out of it. Here's why this is important, this game changer. Um, Extroverts like to think out loud and they don't shush enough for introverts to share. So this, um, my church in Fremont, I would end up having youth group after hours (laughs) is what we ended up calling it because it was all my introverts who needed another 30 minutes to process because my extroverts couldn't shush it. (laughs) So one, making extroverts think (laughs) before they speak is a good role for them and skill to learn, learning right now, okay? Um, But then it allows my extroverts to be a part of the conversation and discussion because they had time to process. You guys are like, oh my gosh, I am that, right? Like you're thinking about it. Um, So I am an extrovert, so I have to remind myself all the time. Laura, shut up now. Like, just let the conversation be silent for a second. So that people can think and process, okay? So depending on your kids, like if you, like one year, I had a lot of like deep thinker kids, way smarter than me. (laughs) Um, They, we did a 10-10-20, so depending on your kids, like if you want to do this for junior high, you could do a three, three, five <laughs> right? Because then it's squirrel, <laughs> okay? Um, but you can change the time up, right? But it's the the silent, the journal, the discussion, right? So it's teaching habits one, to be in God's word on a personal level. then it's. Okay, I need to process what I read. And then we're made for community, so we're here to sharpen iron. And so how do we do that in that sharing of our faith or questions or doubts or struggles that we're having? So that's a great question. Okay. Um, Then this. I believe that we have a living and active God today the same way we had in the Old Testament and the New Testament. And so how are we empowering our kids to make a difference when they leave this place? So applying God's, God's, um, engaging, applying for God's mission. So ask the hard questions of where this personally applies to their own life. And let me tell you, they will try to skirt this every time. So Sally, you know, she could really use da, da, da. no, 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 no. I am asking about you, Susie. You, you are who I care about. Not that I don't care about Sally. I don't know, Sally. But I care about you, your life, what God is doing in there. And then how they can live that out. And then the closing. This is your opportunity. Like, if you have a lot of squirrel kids and the, and the conversation goes like this, that you can bring it back and reiterate what you want to accomplish. That's that learning objective, Right. Am I gonna have them leave with what, the, what I want them to know without a shadow of a doubt, okay? Um, so one, if I'm gonna challenge them to do something, I firmly believe that I need to do it myself. And then we have a, we're gonna check in in two days and we're gonna see where we're at. It is a lot of work on our part to do the follow-up and accountability, um, but it matters. So if I don't do it, why would the kids? You know, that's like when I was growing up, my dad would always hand me the pen so I could take sermon notes, but he never took them himself. I still take sermon notes. <laughs> Apparently something worked. Um but but that's me. Like one, I have to keep awake. <laughs> so I gotta write. Um Yeah, so, you know, you have to have that. We're going to check in. Um, I am also, if kid has a question and they just want the spoon-fed answer and I know that, I'm like, you know what? That's a really great question. What do you think about that? And then if they don't have any thoughts, ooh, you do your research, I'm going to do mine and we'll talk about it next week. Or let's grab Froyo this week and we'll talk about it right cuz i want them to work their faith out they're not going to heaven on mine they're not going to heaven on their parents but it's them and god because we have a real present personal god and i want them to have that relationship with him so it's a lot it's a lot of work and i have to set reminders cuz otherwise i forget One of the most impactful things I'm thinking through, um, like the hook, we did, uh, rented, um, you know, those hamster balls, there's actually some down in the room down there. Um, And we did it at the beginning of school year and we played these hamster balls and they were knocking each other all over the place. It was awesome. (laughs) I might've knocked some of them around too. Um, And uh, then we gathered together and it was just a quick thing of like, how many of you are already feeling like your school year is gonna feel like that? And so we talked about what it meant to have our yes mean yes, and our no mean no, and how important it is that they recognize who their identity is in first in Jesus, and then how they serve that year in their school, so that they don't feel like they're doing this rat race thing. So you don't have to be involved in everything. You're not going to be good at everything. God did not create you to be a master of all things, he you know, or a jack of all traits. He created you to be a master at one thing, <laughs> you know, that you're really good at. Find that, right? So it's still it's stuck. They still talk. Remember that time when we were in those hamster balls? Yeah, my life feels like that right now. And that was the conversation throughout the whole year. Use what you can. Okay? All right. Um, evaluating Bible studies these are some questions that I think who game changers in what we look at right one is the material relevant to my group okay there are a lot of things out there that are written (laughs) that you kind of question who did they think they were writing to okay so is it relevant is it gonna matter is it gonna be a hot topic is this something that they need to hear over and over and over again um, commandments: three first three are about our relationship with God. The last seven are about our relationship with others. Guess how much stuff you're going to be talking about with the relationship with others throughout here. A lot. Okay. Um, is the material biblically sound and theologically accurate? So the law, gospel, and then does it line up with Scripture? So just kind of as you as you're looking through that stuff, is this really where it's at? And let me tell you, when you order a A curriculum set they give you the best of the best in the sample okay and then you get to week three and you're like what what happened here crud I can't teach this so then you're scrambling to figure out how to salvage it okay so there's at least one or two in every quarter that you're gonna have to really revamp Okay, but for the most part, if you find a a really great curriculum, it's gonna be really adaptable and you're gonna be able to use it, okay? Um, The other thing is, is the material well written? Okay, does it make sense? Is there flow? Um, Does it connect? Um, So you're kinda looking through those things. Um, Are the questions well written? Um, This generation is asking why, which I love. (laughs) Um, But the why question, they want to know, why is this important to me? Why should I read God's word on a daily basis? Okay, they need to know the why before they know the what. So that means you really have to think through because they're going to keep coming at you with the whys and they're going to ask it in a different way. And if it comes out, well, this is what we've always done, Whew. gone. Or the because I said so. I used that one time on my mom because I said so. She came back, well, what if that's not good enough? Don't ever say that to your mom. Okay? Um, and then this, this is the make or break for me. Absolutely make or break for me. If, is the leader's guide um, available and useful? There are times that I've read through leader's guide and they've asked a question and they've given no answers. <laughs> and I'm like, I have no idea what they're trying to ask here. And this is supposed to drive home the point? This is bad. Okay, or it's not packaged well so that you, it makes sense. Um, I manage a lot of lay leaders in ministry. And if I write anything myself, I am always writing an answer for them. Even if it is, answers will vary. That's okay. Right? So that they're not looking for the, like, spoon-fed answer, of like, here's what it is. This is what I, you know, this is just the answer. But I want them to to have that discussion with that. Um, I'm on Facebook. You can look for my name, Um, Laura Kigley, like squiggly. That's how you remember how to say it, um, I'd be happy to talk with you more.